Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And really what's going on uh, when, when it comes to particularly even global affairs. We think a lot about uh, you know, what goes on in our states and, and the country, but uh, the international front is huge. You think about supply chain and other issues we have, uh, big impact. And Joe Biden this week uh, went to China, met with the president of China, and uh, went to Asia and met the, with the president of China. And uh, it's an interesting conversation. And I think uh, certainly his first one as president, I think he may have been in passing when he was vice president as well. My guest today, Lee Kaplan, he is a regular on the program. He is with the law firm of Spicer, Kaplan, and Veselka. And he is one of my favorite people to go to to unbox, uh, unbox rather, all things politics. Uh, really uh, brings so much to each, every conversation. Uh, Lee also... Um, He's with the law firm of Spicer, Kaplan, and Veselka, skv.com. But he is also a candidate for the mayor of Houston. And uh, we've had so many conversations over the years where we've talked about urban issues and uh, governing uh, cities. And I thought, you know, I've often thought, you know, he, he, Lee would be a good mayor. So I'm excited about his candidacy. Lee, a little bit about uh, your uh, race for mayor real quick and your website for people to learn more about that. Well, thank you. I'm uh, not uh, a person who's ever had a political position before. I've been a trial lawyer for a number of years, uh, which has brought me into contact with people from all over the county, and uh, I think that's been educational. I'm running for mayor. I have called probably thousands of people and just spoken with them and asked them what they care about, so I'm almost a one-man Gallup poll. And uh, I've learned a lot about what people think are the main issues. Now, I do have a website, kaplanforhoustonmayor.com, and I think it's authentically Kaplan. It's got a bio. It's got some discussion of the issues. There's a video, and I'd invite people to look at it and see what they think, kaplanforhoustonmayor.com. Yeah, absolutely. I think we were going to talk today a little bit about China and President Biden's meeting with – um, the Chinese, uh, I don't know what we call him. I would just call him the he, He's got like four, four titles. Uh, one of the more recent one is actually president. But, yeah, he's premier, I believe. Um, I mean, the guy, they, they gave you a lot of titles there. General Secretary, of course, of the Communist Party there. Uh, and so, yeah, Jinping, uh, President Jinping. Uh, yeah, go right ahead. Go ahead and set the stage on that. I, I thought it was an interesting timing and uh, – interesting event not sure what the the game plan was but yes well they've they've acted like this was a, you know a friendly meeting and and i guess it was but the thing we need to remember and i think we do is that this is an absolute ruler and his experiences are such that he believes ultimately that china has been denied its place on the world stage and by the West, and that China will assert its place on the world stage in a totalitarian manner. And I don't know uh, how much they talked about Taiwan. I assume that was a very large part of it. If I were Biden, I would have said, look, your biggest mistake was with Hong Kong, you, you admitted essentially what you're really about. We had... Uh, agreements on Hong Kong, and you violated them. You haven't maintained their true freedom. You've jailed people. 
you've ruthlessly cracked down on protests. So uh, it's really not a two-system arrangement the way you promised. Now, we all know that Hong Kong hasn't experienced as much of a crackdown as the main uh, uh, PRC, but still, um, nobody should be in any doubt that they intend to quote-unquote liberate, which means enslave, Taiwan in the near future. And the near future might be one year, it might be 20 years, but I don't think it'll be longer than that. And I think President Biden understands that. How uh, bluntly he put that to the president of uh, president or whatever we call him, uh, Xi Jinping, I'm not sure. But that should be a wake-up call for anybody who nourishes some sort of touchy-feely thoughts about China. And yes. if it's uh, hardly surprising that uh, uh, China is disgusted with Russia and uh, uh, sorry that Russia has run into so much trouble in Ukraine because, frankly, I think they were hoping that Russia would establish its ascendancy over Ukraine and the West would be too stunned and frightened to do anything about that and it would make it easier for China to assert hegemony over Taiwan. That hasn't happened. Now, China's certainly making a lot of money because it's buying Russian oil at discounted rates because of the Western boycott. But this is as formidable as an opponent as the United States has ever faced, really more formidable, because unlike Russia, which was always a corrupt society where people were not as motivated at the bottom, I believe your average Chinese citizen is truly motivated by resentment against the West. They have something to prove, and they will mm -hmm. accept limitations on their freedom in order to establish China's, China's supremacy in the world. They believe that, mm -hmm. and um, in some ways the last Olympics there was a showcase and maybe a happy showcase, and now I expect we're going to see an even firmer, more aggressive, more obstreperous China than we have in the past. And the fact that um, Xi Jinping appeared in front of the generals and told them to prepare for war over Taiwan, and they all applauded loudly, ought to tell us that the happy talk is no, is, is no more than happy talk and cannot be relied on. So uh -huh. um, they just prove, they conceive, uh, as did Clausewitz, that diplomacy is just war by a P, by less aggressive means. But we are yes. in a war with the yeah. Chinese, and if we don't face that, um, we'll be sorry. The best thing we did, the smartest thing we did in the Inflation Reduction Act was the whole idea of onshoring chip, chip manufacturing and trying yes. to free ourselves of, of Chinese supply chains. And there are plenty yeah. more. I mean, the Vietnamese, for example, who used to be our foes, are praying that the United States is strong and aggressive as against China because they have a border with China. They've been invaded by China over the past centuries, and they want a counterweight to China. They may have a well-trained well, army, they, went to, they are no match. After, after we left Vietnam, the Chinese invaded 
areas of it, or, or rather, I'm sorry, they invaded a neighbor of, of Vietnam, and they aligned, uh, 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 Vietnam aligned with the, mayor, uh, the neighbor rather than China. So, yeah, they, yeah, they, and of course, China dominated the entire uh, region uh, up to World War, uh, uh, well, I'm getting myself confused with Japan, but they, they and Japan were constantly fighting over territory throughout Asia for, for centuries. So resentment and fear runs deep. Right. Well, in the, I think the very late 70s, they had something like a war. And, yes. uh, um, I believe, you know, both of them claimed victory, but the Chinese got a severe slap in the face from the Vietnamese, and the Vietnamese have no love for the Chinese. There's a bitter legacy there, and I think uh, uh, that the invasion in, I think, the very late 70s by Chinese 79. into Vietnam is something yeah, that... Yeah, the Sino-Vietnam uh, War, 1979. It was short, I think, but yeah. very aggressive. And it confirmed what the Vietnamese have always felt about the Chinese. They're a dangerous, dangerous neighbor. And so uh, there are plenty of countries that would be happy to be aligned with the United States, at least uh, at a kind of below-the-radar level because of their fear of the Chinese. And I think the biggest mistake that was made in the Trump years was the failure uh, our Obama-Trump years was the failure to enact the Trans-Pacific Partnership because those people uh, on the other side of it, that is those countries, began to wonder if the United States was a reliable ally. And if there's anything Trump did, it's uh, while he was anti-China, he was not particularly pro-Asia. And I think mm-hmm. that was a mistake, a severe mistake. And and uh, I hope Biden can help to rectify it. We'll find out. So. Yeah, and you look at you look at uh, Trump in relationship to the Kurds in the you know in the Middle East. You look at Biden and the way we got out of Afghanistan. Um, you know, and we didn't even take care of those that, that were our allies in Afghanistan. The United States has a pretty sorry history when it comes to these kind of interventions when it doesn't go well, which. Let's face it, most of the time from uh, since the, uh, World War II, it doesn't really turn out as planned. Um, it, it really has been a slap in the face of uh, the U.S. and uh, really raised that eyebrows worldwide. It's like, oh, look, hooray, the Americans are coming. But then again, it's an interesting history, not necessarily a proud one since World War II. Well, and we can't assume that everybody wants to be a democracy. Sure, I think that democracy is better, but there are many civilizations that have not been raised on democracy. They haven't been taught about it in elementary school. Uh, They haven't been raised or acculturated to the idea of democracy. And so they look at, among other things, strength. And the United States and steadfastness. And the United States, on occasion, has failed to demonstrate that, failed to confirm it, and led to very legitimate questions by other countries about what we are like. And 
you know, frankly, we haven't uh, we haven't dispelled all the suspicions they might have about us. Um, yes. Let's just hope that uh, uh, in the in the future, uh, future presidents come in with some understanding of our history and and a willingness to maintain what's best about our system and to promote it to other countries. As I say, we haven't always done that. We do it more than most, but we haven't always done it. So we'll find out, I guess, perhaps in 2024, just how committed Americans are to, um, I guess, exporting the idea of democracy, which I think is extremely valuable, but others may not. And it has to be done with, with a lot of caution because it's not like we haven't experimented with that idea, again, with very mixed results at best. And so there, right. there, we definitely need to work on a better way if that's what we're going to be about. Uh, Lee, we're getting near uh, the beat-the-clock time. Final thoughts? Well, I guess my final thought is this next year, I hope, will be a time of consolidation where we continue to return to normal, where – uh, the president exercises the sort of healing powers that his personality would dictate and and that people will respond to. And whether uh, the divided government that we have in the Congress is going to assist in that or whether it's going to detract from it, I think it could go either way. I'm betting on Biden because I think decency counts. It's great to be smart, but decency counts. And if there's one thing that I think Joe Biden is, it's decent. That's valuable. Lee Kaplan, always love having you on the program. Give your website one more time for your candidacy as we wrap it up. KaplanForHoustonMayor.com. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business. And I want to remind you, this is a show that never ends. It continues 24-7 at priceofbusiness.com. Stay tuned for more after this.